TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome in, Michael Calhoun, alongside Travis Sheridan, head of the Venture Cafe Global Institute in St. Louis. And welcome into our weekly program here on KMOX, where we talk about all things local innovation. If it's cool and it's happening and it's related to innovation, we're going to talk about it here. And we are talking about cool innovation today because part of it involves Star Wars toys, Mm. part of it involves beer, part of it involves a brand new hotel for St. Louis. This is all fantastic stuff. So first off, let's talk about uh, what's happening in Cortex. If you've driven downtown, you've driven on 6440, you're wondering, what is that building that's going up? They they almost like tilted the sides of the building up. They built them on the ground and then tilted them up several stories, and that's going to be the new regional headquarters for Microsoft. Right, Microsoft and uh, Innovation Hall, which is a large event venue that will be managed by Venture Cafe. And breaking ground, I believe, uh, Dennis Lauer, we, when we talk to him, will say, I think it's sometime next, next year, breaking ground on a new hotel, Aloft Hotel. Which will be right across from the new Metrolink station that's under construction. Yeah. So a lot to talk with Dennis about. And that's coming up. Also, Bloxels. We've talked about this uh, St. Louis product before, a St. Louis company called Pixel Press uh, that's in the video game business. And it's Bloxels is kind of a make-your-own-video game kind of a thing. And they've partnered with Mattel and Disney. And Disney and Lucasfilms for Star Wars. They have a Star Wars version that uh, went out uh, just after or just near Thanksgiving. And so we'll have Robin Rath on to talk about uh, that launch, what it's been like, and what it's like to uh, have your present under so many trees during a Christmas season. Or It's got to be so cool to walk through Target, Toys R Us, Macy's, what have you, and look at the toy shelf and see something that you've done right there. And also... It, it, Star Wars is like the biggest brand out there, especially now with mm-hmm. the movie out. And so that's a big partnership, especially yeah. for a startup. And, uh, you know, I think when I think about startups, especially in St. Louis, we always, you know, get back to beer at some point. And so we're going to talk about the new <laughs> Brew Hub that's coming to town. Yeah, Brew Hub is kind of a white label brewer. If you're a, a craft brewery and you just have people love your product and it's selling and you're trying to figure out how do I make more? I don't have the equipment. Well, you go to a place like Brew Hub, hand over the recipe and they'll expand your capacity for you. It's and like a makerspace for beer. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And it's uh, behind it is a St. Louisan whose history is with Anheuser-Busch and became a free agent from AB <laughs> and decided to start a new company in the craft beer industry. So their original plans were for Chesterfield. They've changed those, and now they're going to build their tap room and pilot brewery on Oakland Avenue. Maybe where I could say where the old arena used to be, or maybe I should say where the Highlands development is now. It's between Kings Highway and Hampton, just across the highway from Forest Park. So we have a cool hotel in an innovation district. We have a cool startup that is partnering with Star Wars, and we're talking beer, which is pretty Mm. close to our DNA. It's fantastic. This is a great show. Stick around. We've got lots of tasty local innovation coming up on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Michael and Travis with you as we continue with Nothing Impossible. And 
You've seen the new Star Wars movie. I haven't, but you have, Travis. I have, and I'm also old enough where I'm one of these guys like, I saw the original at a drive-in. Oh, really? Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty. That's got to be a pretty cool story. It, uh, I was three years old, and I remember falling asleep. So <laughs> there did, you go. Uh, but I was there. I was there. Uh, I fell asleep pretty early too. I fell asleep while Darth Vader was still on Leia's ship. Uh, so that's like in the first fifteen minutes of the of the episode. Oh wow! But I was wide awake uh, watching this most recent one. You know what you'll be wide awake doing? The Star Wars Bloxels. Under right? uh, how many Christmas trees do you think this is under this year? Well, I don't know. Let's ask the experts, shall there we? There we go. Robin Rath of Pixel Press joining us in studio. Congratulations again on the second year, right, of the partnership with Mattel for yeah, great to Bloxels. Be here. Uh, so, yeah, Bloxels Star Wars uh, released uh, November 15th, and we're excited about it for this Christmas. So, first off, uh, just remind people about what Bloxels is, what Pixel Press is. And this this innovative game for kids that's got to be popular around the holiday season. Yeah, so uh, Pixel Press uh, created Bloxels, released in 2016. It's a platform for kids to build and share their own video game. It uses a combination of a physical toy where they're building with their hands, as well as an app where they take a picture of what they built and it instantly turns it into a game they can play and share. So I remember long, long ago when a startup not so far away, uh, Pixel Press was grid uh, grid paper, right? Graph paper. Yeah, our yeah. first product, uh, we did an awesome Kickstarter campaign in 2013 and uh, started our company. Uh, took on a little bit of investment here from the some uh, investors here in the St. Louis scene and released Pixel Press Floors, which was drawing on graph paper. And it was a really cool platform where you were drawing Mario games with uh, shapes uh, on graph paper with paper and a pencil. And the, the question we kept getting over and over again from kids was, can I add my own characters? Can I add color? And how can I make this uh, workable, not just for a 12-year-old, but also for an 8-year-old or a 6-year-old? So we introduced Bloxels, which uses colored blocks on a grid. It's kind of like light bright, if you mm-hmm. will. And uh, that made it more accessible for more kids and also brought in the ability to add their own characters, which has really allowed that storytelling component to come to life within Bloxels. Wow. And so talk about the partnership with let me turn my microphone on. Hmm. So talk about the partnership with Mattel and how that came about and, yeah. and how did things just blow up after that? Did, did the whole holiday season just become crazy for all you guys? All the above, all the above for sure. Um, we, we actually launched Bloxels in January of 2016 and we're seeing a lot of success in smaller uh, mom and pop toy stores, including some in St. Louis and that caught the eye of Mattel. And we ended up uh, trekking all the way out to New York uh, in February for Toy Fair. Uh, New York 2016 and sat down and talked with them and they were like, "How what are, you, what are you guys looking for? How could we help? And really it was about uh, distribution, manufacturing, uh, a lot of overhead costs there. So they were able to uh, work with us. We got a contract in place within about six months hmm. and we released Bloxels uh, in holiday of 2016. We were uh, top 10 on Amazon, mm-hmm. I think at the time, and ended up getting nominated for Toy of the Year uh, at Toy Fair 2017. So a lot of Really cool things, and here we are a year later uh, with a partnership in tandem with Disney and Lucasfilms uh, releasing Bloxel Star Wars. And how has the reception been for Bloxel Star Wars? It's been great. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a different product. It actually, um, our previous product was an open-ended book in terms of the stories of the games that you wanted to create, whereas this is honing in on the Star Wars universe. And we were actually seeing a lot of people building Star Wars games within the, the last product. So this gives them access to... Uh, light and dark side characters that have new tools like lightsabers and blasters. And then it also has assets from uh, or video game uh, artwork from like Hoth and Endor and different places. So you can really uh, take it really far as far as Star Wars goes. It is based on the original universe. So for those parents out there that might not have seen the new movie or are mm-hmm. really passionate about the original trilogy, it's all that content. That has got to be a 
like the biggest of deals, right? To get a, a deal with Star Wars where you can use their universe and their characters and all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and the marketing of their new film coming out. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most definitely. They're, uh, they, they do obviously a lot of stuff. We all see everything that they do, but they're a great company to work with. And they're really passionate about their brand. Uh, one of my favorite stories is that earlier on we were talking about um, a particular uh, character in the universe, which is the Wampa. And if mm-hmm. we remember that Han Solo um, cut it open and mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that uh, that the, the Luke Skywalker and and, uh, and Han Solo were not killing Wampas, that it was only <laughs> only the dark side doing that because they, they, they really care about that character. And that's really cool. So, Robin, uh, I just I'm, I had this flash and we were talking about it as you as you were walking in this this afternoon. Uh, people are going to open this up under the tree on on Christmas Day. They're going to start playing with it, and everybody. It's like, it's like healthcare.gov. It's going to launch, and everybody's going to go there at the same time, right? <laughs> so everybody is going to be descending upon this universe at the exact same time. Tell the listeners like what that what keeps you up at night about that about yeah, that uh, the fact um, that everybody's going to get it and use it at the exact same time. Well, without getting too technical, yeah. there's a couple things that that make that uh, allow us to rest easy. First mm-hmm. is uh, from a from a internet or a server component. We use Amazon Web Services, which a lot of people don't know about this component of Amazon's business model, but they uh, applied a lot of the technology they built for their for their e-commerce platform to allow other companies to leverage that. So our servers essentially scale along with traffic um, and they make our jobs a little bit easier from that perspective. The second component is support. So phone calls, emails. Uh, fortunately, a partnership with like Mattel uh, allows us to backload a lot of that effort through their support system. So instead of us having to scale up a large team and incur that expense, um, they've given us that support. Uh, we're essentially tier two. So we will be answering emails on Christmas Day. <laughs> Yeah. Um, for those major problems. But releasing the product in, in November allowed us to work out some of the kinks. So feeling good about that with uh, probably a few exceptions. Has there been a moment where you've like walked into a Toys R Us or a Macy's or some store and seen a Bloxels on a shelf and been like, this is cool. You know, my, my favorite experiences are whenever I get to go to Toys R Us with my kids and they're like, hey, daddy, there's Bloxels. I'm, I'm still not sure they know that I'm the creator of it, but they certainly have played with it a lot. So that's really exciting. And I always take a picture. And now you go to Target, you're going to see Bloxels, our original product, and Bloxels Star Wars sitting next to it um, right there in the electronics aisle uh, by the video games. And it's really exciting to um, have built a physical product and actually be able to see it in the store and know that other people are seeing it as well. Yeah. So what's next for the company? Uh, so next year, we're actually focusing a lot on one of our favorite parts about the product, which is the uh, STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics value that uh, it, it brings to the classroom. Uh, we see libraries, after-school programs, makerspaces, uh, buying and using our product to c- allow kids in that third to sixth grade range to really get an experience of building and sharing. There's some coding components um, that we're working on, which we're really excited to release. And we're actually building out some tools to allow teachers to monitor progress and engage with uh, students in the classroom. So next year, it's going to be a big focus on that market for our product. And how is downtown St. Louis treating you? Uh, as a good. startup, you know, with your offices in the heart of the central business district. You know, it's uh, it's the cold's worn off or hasn't come until recently. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. The breeze hasn't been too bad. I uh, love being downtown. Uh, just great for we have we have 17 employees now and they mm-hmm. come from all different areas, Illinois, West County, so on and so forth. So it's great to have that central location where everybody is convening in one spot and we get to hit a little bit of the nightlife here and there um, as a team around Christmas, which has been fun as well. 
Great. So uh, the Bloxel uh, Star Wars edition can be found online, but also in uh, brick and mortar retailers, right? That's correct. Yeah. So major retailers like Target, um, and it's also available on Amazon, and you can get it direct through our website at bloxelsbuilder.com or even come downtown and grab it from our office if you'd like. So parents, if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, realizing that your kid does not have one under the tree and you have less than 24 hours to go, you better get on there. You need to get it. Target, right? Target. That's probably it. the best bet. Target and Amazon um, are, are your, your go-to choices for sure. All right. Well, Robin, thank you for coming in. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Robin Rath, Pixel Press. Look out for Bloxels. And we'll be back with more Nothing Impossible. We've got a beer conversation up next on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Welcome back. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan of the Venture Cafe Global Institute on KMOX. And the development just keeps popping in Cortex, Travis. You know, uh, there's a lot of exciting. Well, first of all, there's exciting stuff happening all around the region. Let's let's first acknowledge that. And then I am 100% biased, but there's a lot of really cool ex- stuff going on in Cortex as well. And we have Dennis Lauer, president and CEO of Cortex, on the phone with us. Uh, dinner, Dennis. I understand there's a new hotel coming to coming to play. We have a new hotel. Uh, we've been working on this for some time, and uh, we just announced that uh, we have selected Midas Hospitality. Uh, St. Louis's own Midas Hospitality after we did a national search, and they're going to be developing uh, a 129-room hotel for us, breaking ground sometime late spring. And Dennis, between Cortex-One and what's going on with that 4240, the new building going up with Microsoft's regional headquarters, talk about the demand for a hotel and some of the other things, you know, like the demand for the Metrolink station, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been here now seven and a half years, and um, uh, in talking with all of our clients, uh, they had a wish list. And um, uh, one of the things on that wish list was a business hotel in the district. So uh, a few other things on that, on that list were meeting space, additional meeting space, fitness centers, um, a new metro station, uh, you know, some restaurants, a park, uh, you know, you know uh, amenities, basically, to, to make the workplace environment just much more user-friendly. Uh, and uh, so we've been checking those off over the last uh, seven years, and we have finally gotten to the, to the hotel piece. Very, very important for us, especially timing it at the same, uh, in the same development with the uh, construction of a new train station, which is now underway, and that will be complete uh, by this summer. And that will allow uh, business clients who are coming to visit Cortex if they're flying in to just jump on the train, come right into the heart of Cortex, get off at the Cortex Commons, uh, walk across the Commons, and check in at the hotel. Uh, these other amenities that I mentioned, uh, ironically, are are also part of uh, current development that's going on. So we'll have a new uh, by by summer we'll have a new uh, large fitness center that BJC is uh, going to be operating. Uh, we will have a 10,000-square-foot um, meeting space called Innovation Hall. Uh, we'll have a new restaurant that uh, is part of Innovation Hall, an additional 5,000 square feet. That will also cater events uh, in Innovation Hall. And uh, in the hotel, uh, there will also be uh, a full-service uh, restaurant and two bars. 
So uh, it's going to be hopping over there. And Dennis, I always like to refer to Cortex as the place where renderings become reality uh, because, we, we, you know, so many people get excited about announcements. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of really tangible development going on in, in Cortex and adjacent to Cortex, looking at what's going on uh, on the Sarah Street development. Uh, saw the beautiful lights lighting up the, the silo a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, as, as you're seeing all this come to fruition, you know, as at the, at the helm of all of this with a, a dynamic board, uh, what do you what do you look at? What are you looking forward to in the next three to five years as this all comes online? Well, these uh, urban innovation districts take a long time to develop. Um you know, typically up to 30 years. Uh, these aren't things that happen overnight. We happen to be a teenager now. We're 15 years old, celebrating our 15th anniversary. Uh, we are on a rapid growth trajectory right now. And uh, we, unfortunately, uh, don't have space for all the clients that would like to be in Cortex. So the new building that's coming online that's under construction now, 4220 Duncan uh, Avenue, will be open in April, and as um, as was mentioned previously, that will be the the headquarters for Microsoft's Mid- Midwest uh, headquarters. Uh, so we're excited about that. They are the anchor tenant there. We'll also have 40,000 square feet of uh, additional CIC space, Cambridge Innovation Space, uh, which will probably support another 50 companies. Um, so, you know, we have 350 companies now. With the opening of um, that building, we'll go over 400 companies in the district, and we need to build more. So um, planning is underway for another building, uh, early, very early stages uh, planning uh, for another tech building. And uh, we also are working with the Komen Group down at the old St. Louis metallizing site, and they are looking at um, uh, developing an office building, a residential building, and uh, eventually a second office building down there. Uh, so those are things that are in the works. We also will be announcing sometime this spring uh, a new residential project in the district. I uh, won't tell you where or who at this point, but uh, uh, stay tuned. So that I expect to announce that by the end of uh, the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter. Uh, all of these things are important uh, for creating a sense of place and creating um, a 24-7 environment. Having residential in the district is important to us because it, it, it uh, puts people on the street at nights to help uh, populate the restaurants that we're bringing on board. We also, in January, will be uh, doing groundbreaking uh, on the old Crescent Building, which uh, is adjacent to the DuPont Building. That's about 80 or 90,000 square feet, a historic rehab, and we're going to be using that uh, as graduation space for some of our uh, bioscience clients coming out of the accelerators and incubators that we have here uh, to be able to keep them and grow them in the district. They're, they're getting too big for where they are, and we don't want to lose them, so that'll be a prime, op- a prime opportunity place for them to be, to stay and, and be with us and grow with us. So there's a lot uh, that's... Um, that's that's on the drawing boards in the near future. Uh, the biggest challenge I have right now is is parking, and so <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, hopefully will put to bed the financing um, within the next few weeks uh, on our first structured parking garage in the district of 650 cars. I'd like to say that that's all I have to do with parking garages, but uh, that's <laughs> probably be the first of uh, three or four more. So. Uh, you know, we, we need these uh, structured garages right now in order to 
to build on the parcels that are in inventory where right now it's surface parking. So whenever you put a building there, you take that parking away, so you got to build structured parking. So a lot of activity. Uh, we are in a growth mode. Uh, we are, are bullish about uh, St. Louis and uh, the prospects of, of creating a, a regional uh, technology innovation community. Um, you know, people say, well, what happens 10 years from now with Cortex? From my perspective, it'd be nice if we could just say it's now the St. Louis innovation community. What does it mean, Dennis, do you think? We just had the interview last week about uh, Tech Shop transitioning to Maker Studio. And the fact that, you know, this, this announcement came that they were filing for bankruptcy nationally, and it was like that, that St. Louis folks stepped up, Jim McKelvey and Third Degree Glass Factory. Uh, what do you think about the future of Maker Studio? And then also, that's a beautiful space, a real beautiful space along Forest Park Avenue, where Tech Shop is now. Uh, what's in the future for that space? Mm-hmm. Well, taking uh, that last question first, we are actively marketing that space uh, as technology office or lab space, and uh, we've had uh, some conversations with some companies and uh, are looking to secure within the next month or two a tenant uh, at that prime location. You're exactly right. I mean, that's that's sort of... um, Boardwalk and Park Place, Park <laughs> yeah. Avenue, at, yeah. that, at that place, at that location. Uh, it's right off the Commons. It's right in the heart of the district, so it's a very high-profile location. So we hope to fill it up very quickly. As I mentioned before, uh, we've had to be turning some clients away because we don't have the space. So, you know, you get lemons and you squeeze them a bit, and you get some <laughs> lemonade. And, and I, I think that we were extremely fortunate. Uh, that uh, that Jim McKelvey and Doug Auer, who is a co-founder with Jim of uh, Third Degree, stepped forward right away. My phone was ringing uh, before the end of the day when we made that announcement, the Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving, a week or so before Thanksgiving. And we all agreed that night um, of, of uh, our uh, you know uh, discussion about bankruptcy there, uh, releasing it to the press, we all agreed that night that we needed to find a solution uh, it's amazing to me the email that I got that day. Uh, severe disappointment, uh, but uh, very poignant emails of, you know, this was very important to me. Uh, I started my business there. Uh, terrible time. It's the holidays. I've got orders to fill, et cetera, et cetera. But people really reaching out and saying anything we can do to save this, we want to do it. So we had this groundswell of, of, of members and even non-members writing to us saying, this is too bad, we've got to figure out a way to save it. And sure enough, you know, um, by the end of that first day, we had actually hatched a plan, and the very next day, we all met, uh, about a half a dozen of us, and we um, recon- reconfigured the business plan. We decided we needed to get this thing open as quickly as possible. We held a special Venture Cafe night uh, the following Monday night. Over 400 makers showed up, uh, Skyped in um, Jim McKelvey. We talked about our plans going forward. And the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, we reopened uh, that space as Maker Studios, St. Louis Maker Studios. Uh, and it's open to the existing members only at this point, not taking new members, to be able to finish up their holiday gifts and uh uh, and their uh, their wares to sell their products, and so we will be closing it down December 30, uh, and 
we have identified a new location. We haven't yet announced the actual address of that, but I can tell you that work has already begun on on uh, renovating that, and uh, our intent is to reopen that uh, in pieces uh, through the spring. So uh, we're going to open it up workshop by workshop. Uh, there are about a half a dozen or so workshops within uh, the makerspace, and as we uh, get each of them renovated, uh, we'll open it up to the membership and invite new members to come and join as well. So, you know, it's just amazing to me how uh, the community has rallied around this. Uh, Cortex excel- itself is, is joining, you know, in partnership with uh, Jim and with Third Degree, and uh, we're to- the three of us together are going to carry this vision forward in a new location. And uh, stay tuned for more announcements on that. Well, it's always fun to talk announcements, and uh, just want to reinforce again, we were originally talking about the Aloft Hotel that's coming into Cortex, but Dennis, it's never uh, just one thing when talking with you about the things that go on in Cortex. Uh, and that's true about St. Louis. I'll, I'll, I'll close this interview the way that I opened it, uh, that there are so many great things happening in St. Louis. And Dennis, your, the mindset that you just uh, shared earlier about uh, this becoming the St. Louis Innovation Community, uh, thank you for all the work that you're doing and uh, you know, keep pushing forward. Absolutely. Dennis Lauer, we're gonna, president. We're going we're gonna to have a great new year here. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot on the way. Dennis Lauer, president, CEO of Cortex, thank you for your time. My pleasure. And we'll be back after this on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Let's talk about beer. Always a fantastic conversation to have in St. Louis. And Tim Schoen, CEO and founder of BrewHub, joins us on KMOX. Tim, first off, uh, explain to us the BrewHub concept and the news that you have uh, about coming to the city of St. Louis. Well, we started BrewHub around about three years ago down in Florida. Uh, What we really did is we built a craft brewery that was built for all of what we call partner brewing. So small and mid-sized craft breweries could come in and we could help them scale up uh, with either capacity, meaning more beer, but a lot of times uh, get them into different packages and ultimately get them in line to get to the bigger grocery stores and things where most of the beer is sold. So for the consumers in Florida in particular, back then they couldn't get a lot of different craft brands because they weren't in a 12-ounce can or bottle in the store. So for the last three years, we've been doing that for several craft breweries in Florida and South Carolina, North Carolina, all around the country. And we've been trying to get to the Midwest for about a year now, and we're excited about announcing that we have a small uh, pilot brewery and tap room that's going to open in early February, right there in the heart of St. Louis, right off Oakland, Ave- Oakland Avenue. And Tim, talk about the uh, your connection to St. Louis and the beer pedigree of the St. Louis market as well. Well, uh, I've been in the beer business since I was 19 years old, <laughs> and uh, once I got out of college in Ohio, I started with Anheuser Busch and went up, went through the whole career 29 years. And uh, when I had an opportunity to uh, to exit, I ended up uh, looking at how the craft segment of the beer business was growing, but more importantly, where that gap was, and that is really the infrastructure and the route to market, uh, and that's essentially what the Brew Hub is. It's that platform for 
craft brewers to come to grow. And that's really kind of our tagline. But a lot of people will say, you're just a giant incubator for craft brewers. And we say, thank you very much. That's exactly what we are. Beer innovation. I'm on board with that. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and it seems like with the, the AB acquisition, that almost unlocked, in a way, so much brewing talent and talent from the industry uh, that then has gone out and uh, really fostered the craft beer scene that we've seen develop in the last several years in the St. Louis area. Absolutely. I have reached back to all my contacts. I have several that are employed, several that are consulting with me on all levels, uh, that all are ex-Anheuser-Busch trained. Um, you know, the beer business that we grew up in is, is now different in the sense that the, the brands are different. The consumer has shifted quite a bit in terms of instead of having one beer that they would use in all their occasions, they are seeking new beers. They want innovation. They want change. And that, that sounds, it sounds crazy in the beer side, but it's been happening in all kinds of industries for decades now. We're just, uh, we're just catching up a little bit. And as the beer industry has become so hot, what have you seen the changes um, in just the last maybe couple of years? And, and people may say, Brew Hub, that sounds familiar. You guys had plans for Chesterfield that you had announced uh, recently. And, and what, what does this plan for the city of St. Louis do to those Chesterfield plans? Well, it basically, the economics, the, uh, the overall industry has shifted in the last year and a half. Uh, there's a whole lot of craft brewing going on out there. We, our brewery down in Florida is a, is a very large size craft brewery, and we've, we can do about 100,000 barrels, which may not mean much to your, to your audience, but it's a, that is considered a large craft brewery, and we still have room to grow that one. The original plan, and two and a half years ago, the craft segment was growing at double-digit rate of the, of the total craft around the country. It's now single-digit, but there's still small, young, new craft brands are coming into the marketplace, and that's who we really uh, we get our demand from. So at, the, at this point in time, it was a lot smarter for us to say, let's, let's open up a smaller brewery but introduce the brew hub model to this market and to the region, and we will source the, uh, the more core brands out of Florida. We'll make the high ends more small batch here, and then as the demand grows up, if we need more capacity, we certainly will build or buy a craft brewery in the region to supplement this region as well. So when people walk into the Brew, Hub, uh, the Brew Hub Tap Room, it's going to be on Oakland Avenue uh, in that, uh, the Highlands development in the city of St. Louis along uh, 6440 near the, kind of in between the Hampton and Kings Highway exits, right? It's right there next to the Hampton, and it's... It's a self-standing building, but it's wedged right in there. Yes, we're very excited about the location. So when people walk in there, you just uh, mentioned they're going to see some brewing happening. They're going to see even the furniture is going to be made in St. Louis, right? Absolutely. Uh, we are handcrafted furniture from a company called Rustic Grain. Uh, we did that down in, in Florida, by the way. We used the same group. And, uh, yeah, I think that the big thing from a consumer's point of view is hopefully we deliver on the both uh, the visual and the and the comfort and all those kind of things and and but as you walk in if you're a craft beer drinker you will be getting something completely different all the beer has been made by us but under all kinds of different craft brands from all over the country and we want to certainly invite and get some of the more local regional guys to get involved as well 
which we know them from an industry standpoint. So you'll be able to get a lot of those different beers you can't get anywhere else. And then we're excited about the food solution on our side. We've we've uh, basically redone the kitchen 100%, and we've hired a guy that's known around town, Andy White. Um, he's done a lot of different things here in town, and uh, we're just really excited about him and his creativity to deliver food pairings with all the different craft beers that we're going to be uh, taking to the marketplace. So I'm holding right now a Rome City IPA, and it's not open, I guess technically because I'm at work, but it's also not cold, which is probably the main <laughs> reason why it's not open. But talk about the, uh, so these are mostly brewed in Florida. Some will be brewed in the tap room, but the brands and the recipes come from all over the place. Talk about the breadth of the different breweries that you brew for and that we might get to experience yeah, I mean, we have well over 14 partner brewers right now that range from Florida, you know, southeast markets, South Carolina, North Carolina, but also Tennessee, Iowa. We have one out of South Korea, of all places. Uh, really cool craft brewery out of South Korea. Um, you know, we have Texas, Louisiana. It's just amazing the the breadth of, of the clientele we have. And, again, with each one of the partner brewers, they could have anywhere from three to seven different brands that we brew for that we brew under and uh so that the breadth of what we do and what we can offer to the marketplace is is truly unique and that's really why we think the tap room will will excite some folks and bring in a lot of craft enthusiasts but also bring in people that just are getting into the craft scene as well it won't be it won't be overwhelming let's put it that way so the sample this sample is an ipa but what are the other varieties uh are we going to see and what's what's popular these days i keep reading about ipas and i'm seeing them everywhere i i like you know pale ale but Mm -hmm. what what are the the hot varieties now well in terms of styles ipa still is the leader in the clubhouse so to speak but you you know you can get obviously pale ales porters stouts lagers pilsners you name it uh you know imperials which are doubles uh you know you can barrel age it's it's amazing how the different styles range. Uh, and then of course you could go to uh, you know to Goza's and a more on the sour side. So there's a there's a, a array of different flavors and styles that are really permeating the entire landscape of craft. And that that in essence, Michael, is what it's all about. It's trying to discover and what's the next style, what's the next recipe, what's the cool brewer. Uh, Rome City is a great example. You know, it was born out of right there in Lakeland, Florida. It has a lot of heritage from that uh, from that town, and it ends up uh, getting tested in our, in our tasting room for about six months, and it wins a gold medal at the at the uh, at the GABF, the Great American Beer Festival, in October. So, you know, we have all kinds of those kind of stories within our within our building. Is there an element of trust when a brewer, uh, you know, and it's their craft and and it's their love, and they realize they need more space, they need more capacity, and so they come to you, there's got to be some trust there where they hand over their recipe and they say, you know, please make this for us. Is there a, is there a trust that you feel too? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's uh, as I always say on the floor of the brewery, I say, listen, guys, this is one giant baby or a beer daycare center for your brewers. So these are their babies, and we are going to take, you know, we're going to take care of them from start to finish. And but the other difference with this, Michael, is that these uh, each one of our partner brewers, number one, they have access to a lot of sophisticated electronic data that we put on all of our breweries. So if you are a brewer, you could literally 
upload information on the brewing cycle, where it is in the fermentation, all the way to the bright tanks to the finishing, and see where it is temperature-wise and all that. So you can, they have optics all the way from start to finish. But the other side was we say, guys, come to our brewery anytime you can get our, you can brew with our guys or, you know, they can do whatever they want. It is your brewery and we open it up as, as much as they want to be or as, least, as little as they want to be there. Well, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this with us. And what should people know about the timeline? When are they going to be able to show up on Oakland Avenue and, and grab a beer? Well, we are shoot, you know, really getting closer. And we think early February, call it Feb 1 to through 5, is what we're targeting. And uh, you'll hear more about it when we finally get the, the, the final date open to open. Uh, but we are running as fast as possible because... We know that there's a lot of thirsty craft drinkers out there in St. Louis, and we're gonna we're gonna make them happy. Hey, I also love that I see the words "dog friendly" on Absolutely. the information as well. <laughs> well, Tim Schoen, CEO of Brew Hub, thank you so much for joining us on KMOX. Thank you, Michael. All right, well, thank you for joining us this week on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Enjoy the rest of your week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.